We're just boys, we like beer, we like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys, we like beer. We're just boys, we like beer. Upstate beer boys. Welcome back. To another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. We're in rare form already. <laughs> with your with your mayor, Stephen. Find him on Instagram at Southern Bling Beer Reviews. Your Sage Wayne. Find him on Instagram at Wayne's Beer Delivery and on YouTube by the same same name. And your truly producer and humble correspondent Chase. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Nutmeg Two Palmetto. Gentlemen. We've got a little bit of a diverse opinion range on sours, so what do you, what do you, how about you guys air your grievances now or uh, sing, sing up their praises before we start cracking cans? I'm still undecided on sours. I definitely am not a Goza fan, for sure, but looking by what we got, I don't have to worry about that today, so <laughs> we'll be diving into some new territory here for the Sage. I never liked sours like traditional sours because it had that pucker mouthfeel but the brewery that we're drinking from today all three cans <laughs> all three cans that we have picked out i like the idea of the fruited sours because they don't have that that pucker face sour so and and i just want to say Real quick, you are a bad influence, Wayne, because we started the segment laughing because <laughs> we're not five minutes in and I'm already in trouble. <laughs> with your co-host or with the missus? Uh, what? All the above. With the, <laughs> well, with with the um, the landlord. <laughs> All I can say is. Uh, I am actually excited to try these because I've seen uh, this style and this brewer in particular all over Instagram and have not tried one. So you guys are going to have to walk me through all this uh, rolling and turning upside down business. Well, the roll is something new for me. It's always been turning for me. So a lot of these beers are heavily fruited and... Would you like to tell what brewery we're doing today? This is Newgrass Brewing. This is just over the border in Shelby. All three of these cans are from Newgrass Brewing, as we've stated. Um, and honestly, they're all kind of have one of them doesn't directly say fruited sour on it, so we're going to leave it on its bottom. One of them is fruited sour, so we're going to turn that and have it late. Um, they're all highly fruited. That's what they're. That's what they're. That. <laughs> that that's one of the big things they do make some they great. Have, IP- they will have mine last then. <laughs> they, they make some great IPAs. Um, they, I guess coconut is a fruit. It's a. Is there a seed in coconut? There is not seeds in oh, coconut, but yeah. I consider coconut a fruit. It grows on a tree. <laughs> Close enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they do make highly fruited sours. I wouldn't recommend shipping them unless you ship them in the dead of winter and they have ice packs on them. They do say drink them fresh. However, they do make some very good IPAs. 
So this one is going to be everybody get your roll on. It is a sour ale made with insane amounts of cinnamon, Madagascar vanilla beans, sweet buttercream frosting, and pastry cream. This brewery seems to always go all out. Diabetes in a can. Huh? Diabetes in a can. Yep, the crazy, <laughs> the crazy beer. So, well, I was hoping a psh, but that <laughs> You were hoping happen. for a psh and you I, got a sploosh. I, I got a sploosh all over myself. <laughs> hey now. Well, by that description, it sounds like a nice cinnamon roll. Let's hope, I mean, judging by the can design, and uh, the mayor can describe the can after he's poured poured for us. I hope yours doesn't have a tinge of pumpkin in that. <laughs> so, if you see chunks floating around, that is the icing, the fro buttercream frosting. Oh. Again, sounds like cinnamon rolls to me. Mine's a little light. Um, I think they're all light in color. He's talking by volume. We, we got more. We got more of a pour. Well, we have Don't to, be stingy. We got to differentiate because we're an audio only show for the moment. So since you can't see, when he says oh, light, we got to say. Cheers, Cheers fellas. Cheers. So while they're trying it, that smells like cinnamon roll. The, it literally looks like a cinnamon roll man is on a steamroller. And he is rolling over, I mean, he's driving, he's got a steering wheel and everything. And he's driving over buttercream frosting, cinnamon logs. I don't know if I even need to drink this. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intoxicated just by the smell of it. It just smells like a cinnamon roll on him, like rolling over in that bed of cinnamon and, rolls. And the cool thing is the top of his roller, like his, the steamroller he's riding on or driving, there is a bling bling money sign. Bling, other bling. Hanging from the top, like you would hang from a rearview mirror. So there's my southern bling representation from Instagram. There you go. What do you think, Chase? That is bling. Well, the aroma as I've gone in, as I've like exploded on already, is uh, very cinnamon roll, but the flavor. It's not soup. It's not tart. I can't say it's tart, but it's definitely more sweet than tart. But mm -hmm. I'm definitely getting more of a that fruited sour type of flavor from it. All I'm getting out of it is that uh, what's that guy, the Wilford Brimley? Diabetes. It's like drinking a liquefied cinnamon roll frosting. <laughs> Very sweet. Has a little bit of a tart ending to it. So I guess you could call it a sour. So no fruit, tart, though. You think tart ending? If I was going to say tart at all, I would say tart start. No, I'm getting all sweet. Yeah, I might change my opinion to agree with you on that. By the looks of the glasses, I'd say the mayor really approves. I have not found... A beer from Newgrass yet that I did not like. Yeah, they are. Um, <clears throat> I just went to their location for the first time recently, and they are uh, 
And oddly enough, nothing on tap was a fruited sour, so I had IPAs and stouts while I was there. So I got kind of this range of their brewing um, ability or skill, high skill level. Um, well, that's good because you don't peg them into one style then. It's true. Yes, it is. Maybe we'll have to venture over the border sooner rather than later. Maybe, maybe. So, the guys brought up a good thing earlier real quick about me saying that I didn't want to go across the border. I wanted to do upstate beers. And this morning I was talking about, hey, let's do new grass. And they're like, well, you're the one that said not to do it. (laughs) So, I wanted to get a lot of the local breweries, give them an opportunity to be on our show and to highlight their beers since we live in the upstate, or we all live in South Carolina. But now that they are, and yes, that was a, a poke at our producer <laughs> because he's getting ready to move to the low country, but that's okay. So uh, Actually, not the low country, more of the... Midlands. Midlands. <laughs> extreme lower upstate extreme lower upstate i like that we'll use that from now on but now that they're <laughs> their new grass is doing collaborations and they're real big in south carolina and distributing now i i'm good uh if anyone from new grass wants to reach out i do have some contacts there but if anybody wants to reach out from new grass and uh hit me up or hit up our page and we'll get you on the list if not i'll be contacting y'all <laughs> My vote is that we just adopt Shelby, North Carolina, into the upstate of South Carolina and just call it a day. I'm okay with that, too. Yep. Aging the governors. <laughs> we got a mayor. We can make the, the, the politics work. <laughs> Please, let's keep politics out of our beer. <laughs> yes, One we don't. Would <laughs> we don't want to be like breweries all over the nation having to apologize for politics. <laughs> that is going to curdle and be horrible. Wayne's got a mighty glass tall full of drain pour at the moment. I'm not sure what he's thinking. <laughs> 20 bucks, now I'm drinking. <laughs> we might want to think about actually start doing video with the audio because that, be, that would be epic. Especially if Steven's going to... Chug it for 20 bucks. Well, then again, one of us has a, a video channel, so maybe we have to, might do something later on. Stay tuned. Next up, Sage. Uh, pour us a beverage. All right, so this one from Newgrass is called Coconut Cream Pie Sour Ale. Holy Jiminy Cricket on a Cracker. So we've got coconut, vanilla, toasted marshmallow, graham cat. Graham graham cracker and pastry cream. It's only 6% alcohol by volume, but it's a good thing they don't have the sugar content on there. It'd probably be triple digits. It is extremely sweet. Great. (laughs) And and I'll be honest with you, I reached out to the brewery and they told me they'd make it right, which they did. Holy cow. Every single one that I've ever cracked open exploded on me. And it's consistent. That's a similar color to the last one. This very like white beigey thing. So I'm going to use the same glass. I'll save the fresh glass for our last one. Well, since we got coconut and vanilla, 
Would you expect any different? Well, I'm interested to see what you guys think about the flavor of this one. This wasn't the one that uh, you gave me a while back when we were just doing a regular bottle share, was it? Mm -mm. No, I didn't think so. Chunky, chunky. Now, Wayne, do you want to describe the can? Because based on the can, I, I'm like expecting this to taste like an Oreo or something. All right, so on the can we've got... Oh, leak out. I guess the best way I can describe it it says coconut cream pie, so imagine if you will, I know pretty much most everyone knows what an oatmeal cream pie from Little Debbie's looks like. <laughs> so think of that, um, substitute the cookie for a top of a coconut cream pie, there's no oatmeal on it for sure, um, a couple coconuts towards the top, and some sprinkles, and I guess that's a graham cracker crust. Mm -hmm. What's that six times note on the right side? Um, six times one percent alcohol by volume. So six percent. <laughs> so that is I like, like that. to me, that looks like a metal pan. Oh, yeah. That would, aluminum, make, more, that would make more it, sense it than an oatmeal like, cream pie. It looks like an aluminum pan. Yeah. And it's yeah. got an oatmeal cream pie inside the aluminum pan. Well, you can tell I don't do much baking around here. Well, I cook almost every night, and I bake, so there you go. I think we should drink it, drink this quick because the head's got a little bit of a curdling effect to it. At least it seems like it. It smells like heavy cream, though. Heavy cream and chocolate. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Tastes like coconut cream pie in a glass. Not getting too much coconut, but it's very it is very creamy. It's very cookie almost. I'm getting more cookie. I'm I'm getting the chocolate and the coconut. Okay. Yeah. I'll 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 ride I'll ride with that. Not the coconut, but the chocolate, yeah. Well, I'm not trying to make you decide on your flavors, just from what I say. Surprisingly enough, the not sour the doesn't come in for me until like the very, very end. It's like all sweet, 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 sweet. That's and true. then here's the sour. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. I get you get that little fruited tartness way down the back of your throat on the finish. Okay, so we're two in, and as far as the sours go, I like these better than some I've tried. But man, these are awful sweet. They are. They they, they really are. Someone's like drinking. Liquid sugar with alcohol. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. It's it's weird because these have the ABV on the can. There's a pretty famous brewery up in Indiana that most people know of called 450 North, and they don't list their ABV on the can because there's probably just because they're so high in sugar, and those it's. It's that same type of sensation. You get way more sweet, way more sugar than fruited forward. To, well, that's not true. You get plenty, plenty fruited forward, but more, you know, more than anything tartness. I do get a little bit of the coconut. I guess that would be the fruit in it because the rest of it's all 
um, vanilla and graham cracker and chocolate. So last I checked, as much as we want them to be uh, fruits, they are not. I'm getting a little bit of the marshmallow too, I guess. And I could say it's quite different from... If you compare to me the three big ones, or the big ones that I've had, well, really there's four big ones because one I haven't had, are 450 North, Newgrass is definitely in that echelon, Great Notion, which we, which I just tried for the first time in a previous episode, and RAR, which I haven't had. To me, to me like those are the ones either that I've had or I've seen a lot that are the kind of Mount Rushmore of fruited sours thus far to me. And... So far, and again, I won't comment on Rar because I haven't had it, but 450 North, you get a lot of more fruit type of tropical flavors from it. To me personally, these new grass beers are a lot more of that sweet dessert type of flavor. And then the Great Notion, which again, I've only had one on in the previous episode, but that I got more of this complex, diverse type of different type of flavors. And granted, that was a pumpkin beer, coffee beer, so there was strong adjuncts in it. So maybe my bias is skewed a little bit on that. But to me, like... Of the four big ones that I can think of on my head, three of them all have very distinct profiles and flavors. I'm long-winded when I try to get out a point. I apologize for that. <laughs> I think it's probably obvious by now. Five episodes in. <laughs> That's why you're the producer. That's true. I can write some teas. I can write some teas. I'll write some copy for those in the biz. Ready for the next one? You guys, finish those beers. <laughs> I'm trying, man. But again, <laughs> sours are not my thing, and it's <clears throat> making my lips pucker a little bit at the end. Oh, well, that's interesting because the mayor said uh, we don't give them the pucker sensation. They don't to me because they're so sweet. To me, the sweetness overpowers the tart. Then again, he's the one that brought all three of these, too. That's not true. I brought one of them. Yeah, he brought oh, My bad. Again, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'll let y'all share the, this last one. I'll let y'all share it together. I'm, I'm going to step out, or I'm going to bow out on this one. I'm not going to drink this one. That's not how this works. This is a collab with from Newgrass with uh, Brandon Paul from Sticks and Stones Tattoo Shop. Self unaware were the adjuncts on a passion fruit pineapple mango, and it's considered a Berliner Weiss. Also from Newgrass, and the uh, logo is a skull, like a bit of a tiki torch, a, t- a tiki glass. Um, tiny umbrella tiny umbrella coming out of his head couple ice cubes, lime, pineapple and he's got shades, glasses with the flip shades and that, that's where the title is oh he's got some grills too he's got gold grills <laughs> sounds like a party in a can yeah. Mayor you know you've been good to us so we'll let you slide on this one well I appreciate it I'm the type of guy when I drink I know my limit and I had a couple before I came here, <laughs> before we started the interview. So, I'll pull that glass back, Wayne. Just give me a shot. Just a okay. quick little, 
You want to just drink it out of the can then? The last little bit out of the can so you're not sure. mixing flavors. All right, so unlike oh. the last two, this is definitely not a pastry for oh, sure. No, no, no. So it Cheers. is more along on the fruited smoothie sour line. This is very tropical smelling to me. And it's it's a color like as the mayor and I could appreciate it's a color like a hazy. It smells like a hazy gone bad. Hazy gone bad, really. Now that's the Wayne, that's gonna shot. give you that's gonna give you a pucker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you could see <laughs> Wayne's got these squinty face. Wayne's <laughs> wish you could see Wayne's face. He I said it and he immediately puckered up like a little old man eating the women. Easy. <laughs> oh, I forgot you are a little old man. You're shortest and you're the oldest. So we can start calling you Papa Wayne. Papa Wayne. No. Oh, you are. Wait a minute. You are a grandpa. <laughs> Next up, we have Papa Wayne. Oh, Papa Wayne. Talking about the. Maybe we were off with the sour. stage nickname. We should have called it Papa from the beginning. All right, you youngins. Well, it looks like a hazy. And it's got a very, very sweet start and a very, very sour finish. It's almost well, like drinking a, a lime. That's interesting. I don't get any sweet from this at all. This is high fruit forward. Well, moderate fruit forward. I should say not really high fruit forward. Because I've had high fruit forwards recently. So I have a moderate fruit forward flavor. And I will agree, it does have a little bit of a tart back end to it. Well, I think this is also my first Berliner style too, so. Ever? Well, maybe not, but first one in a long time. Okay. Oh my goodness, the Berliners have changed. They've changed a lot. They're 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 front and center now. I think the only other Berliner I had was um, from uh, Terrapin, which was more of a uh, hemp cherry Berliner, which that was real funky to begin with. So hemp cherry. That's interesting because I've had I've had hemp beer before. I've had a hemp pineapple. I think I've got one left. I can share it with you guys in a future episode. Um, Make sure you bring the Cheetos. I might. Okay. <laughs> Bear, what was your take on this? Well, I've had this one numerous times before. Oh, excuse and me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying that it definitely tasted different. And it's going to be odd, you know, the aluminum. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, whatever. But it tasted different drinking out of a can, and that could just be that could my, be. my mind. But it could be the fact that I got the bottom of it. And so I tasted a lot more pineapple than I remembered in the past. Oh, I'm jealous. <clears throat> I like pineapple adjunct. Sage is struggling. Or Papa Wayne, you know, I should say. Papa Wayne. <laughs> there are styles for everyone. <laughs> Sours. Not my lane. I'd rather have a... I think I'd rather have an IPA than this. <laughs> Did we just hear Wayne say that he would rather have an IPA? 
Okay, so for all the listeners out there, I think he might wind up killing <laughs> Chase and I both. <laughs> and he may be looking for some uh, new people to start a podcast with. Nah, you guys won't get off that easy. <laughs> this is just how we continually push the envelope on our show. Hey, if we can't have fun and cut up, then what's the use of having just sit around and talk about today? We're going to talk about a beer we're drinking. Blah, blah, Nobody blah, wants blah, to hear blah, about blah, that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to quit trying sours, but yeah, mm, this last one's not for me for sure. Oh, yeah. And we've already... The coconut cream pie one for sure I like the first one the cinnamon one ooh, a little too sweet and we've already pushed Stevens barriers previously on uh, Oktoberfest because he's not a big fan of those and, and pumpkin beers pushed, huh? and pumpkin, and pumpkin beer. beers and pumpkin that's true not, he's not a fall guy you're not a fall guy there that's okay <laughs> and uh, I like we, to try one beer at least once at least once, once. And we've now pushed Wayne's Bears on the sour, so I guess it's my turn to get have my feet to the fire a little bit on something. Hmm, I've got something for you, but we'll <laughs> save that for another episode. All righty. Is there a particular style you don't like, Mr. Sage? I t- Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer. <laughs> Papa Wayne's a sage. We've already gone over what I don't like. <laughs> I. It's not necessarily I don't like them. I just don't get anything out of them. Our... Which is weird because I really do like going to breweries that um, feature more of those classical German type of styles. But that being said, the classical styles like Pilsners, like regular ales with no adjuncts, uh, lagers that are just taste like a regular lager or Heineken, something like that. You know, like those, they don't do anything for me. So, I mean, if there's anything like I would shy away from, it would probably be those. And... As much as I like those, or I've liked in the past those big, boozy, high-gravity, barrel-aged beers, I'm kind of drifting away from them. And I don't know whether it's just because that's a kind of a newer thing down here and it was more refined where I'm originally from up north. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, right now, if there's anything I shy away from, it's more classical Pilsner's Ales and Lagers, but other than that... Or West Coast. West Coast, I really just, really detest. West Coast what? Well, West Coast IPA. We've mm-hmm. only, I've only oh. seen that one West Coast lager once that you found. That West Coast lager was <laughs> really was good. Solid. But I, I, I have not tried a West Coast IPA, so I'm going to hold my tongue on that. But I think I might have a Pilsner up in my sleeve that you may tolerate. Well, hop heads and pine chasers, we've kicked around new grass a little bit. Let's switch gears and go over new groove back south of the border on our side of the region and uh, bring in some guests from that brewery to talk about their collabs, their stouts, and everything else they do well. Follow us, leave comments on our Instagram page at Upstate Beer Boys. So keep it with us, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk with some people from New Groove Brewing out in Boiling Springs, South Carolina. Well, it's been two months since I drank a little too much. Said the wrong thing, so she packed up her stuff. Moved down to Mississippi.
Welcome back to Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. With us today is Josh and Jonathan here at New Grove Brewery located in Bowling Springs, South Carolina. Gentlemen, thank you for allowing us to come in today and thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk with us today. Tell our audience a little bit about yourselves and the brewery for those that are listening that have not heard about you. Thanks for coming, first of all. Thanks for having us on here. Um, I'm Jonathan. It's my partner, Josh, you mentioned. Um, we're just a small craft brewery. We opened in uh, 2017. Uh, we were the um, third brewery in Spartanburg at the time. Now we've, we've grown a few more, and it's great. Um, so we like to do a pretty varied uh, type of beer. I say our four pillars are uh, fruited sours, um, Imperial Stouts, mostly barrel-aged, juicy IPAs, and uh, we're really into craft lagers here lately, so that, that's taken a lot of our focus, too. Um, Five-barrel system, so we can we can change things up pretty often, keep things moving, and uh, we really have stepped up the kitchen in the last couple of years, and that's, that's we've kind of been known for the, the food that we offer as well. We have a smokehouse kitchen, and I'll let Josh talk a little bit about that. That's his... His, his interest of late. Kind of where you find me here most recently is uh, on the kitchen side of things. Uh, smoking the meats, uh, covering shifts because we can't find enough help to, to work the kitchen. So, uh, but yeah, so went from uh, when we first opened in 2017, uh, uh, primarily focus was the beer with, with some food uh, to have while you're here with drinking the beer. Uh, saw an opportunity to expand that a bit, uh, added some things to the menu, and uh, here we are now with a kind of a full-blown uh, kitchen. Uh, still don't really consider our place a restaurant, uh, it's a brewery with food, uh, but there is a lot of focus on the food now uh, compared to what it was when we first started. Now I've seen your name, your brewery's name, many a time throughout all the different collabs you do and in different tap houses. Uh, this is my first time actually coming to your location. What drives you to have this identity as a collaborative brewery, as a collaborative brewery, and as you've already gone into a little bit about what styles you like to do on your own, which ones do you consider your signature products? Um, yeah, we love collabs. We, I, I think both of us, part of the reason we're in the beer industry is because of just the vibe of the beer industry, how friendly it is, how collaborative it is. It doesn't. Uh, we like to say the you know the other breweries around us are not our competition. Budweiser is our competition, so you know we we're all fighting for a little small part, and there's there's plenty of room for each of us. So we and, and they're our friends. That you know we borrow stuff from them, they borrow stuff from us, and they're our buds. We love to 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 hang out and collaborate. You don't see a lot of other industries collaborating with their other their their other people, so it's it's a cool thing to be a yeah. I think it's what you know, it's smaller, a smaller brewery, you know, being five barrel, uh, uh, coming out of you know, out of home brewing into commercial brewing. Um, I think it, there's a lot of collaboration in, in home brewing between. Uh, you know, we were both involved with local uh, home brew club. That's where we met. Um, uh, collaborated with with friends through through uh, through that group, and then uh, you kind of you carry that over into uh, what you're doing as a uh, as a commercial brewery. I think. Uh, 
kind of comes with the territory. It's just what we do. And most of those other brewers that are, have breweries now were home brewers when we were home brewers. So, you know, we hung out and helped each other home brewing. And now it feels natural. Plus, it's a good excuse to drink with each other. <laughs> you, you always, always want a good excuse like that. Yes. Kind of like how we have this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do a podcast so we can drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's in addition to our other projects, too. <laughs> All right, so I see your name is New Groove Artisan Brewing, which means that brewing beer can you know, be artistic. So what inspires you when you're coming up with a new beer? Walk us through that process. Uh, it's a good segue. We're just talking about getting together to drink because I think that's, I mean, usually my answer when people say, where do you come up with this stuff is I drink a lot of beer. I taste a lot of beer, you know, trading trading for things from out of area and visiting other breweries. So it's not, you know, very little, very little we do hasn't, you know, nothing we do hasn't been done before. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting inspired by the other things that we experience, and, which is part of the excitement. I mean, really, I started homebrewing because there was beers that I was reading about you know, an untapped and beer advocate that I couldn't get. So I started homebrewing to to be able to try that. So we've been talking about beer for a little bit. I'm gonna come off the beer because <laughs> I'm eating a burger that y'all call the double decker collared burger. And the guys will go back on beer in a minute, but can you tell me a little bit of inspiration that made this burger? Because the collards and the <laughs> Duck fat fries, it's really good. It all kind of kind of works together. I think it's from a food standpoint, we take the same approach we do with, with the beer. Um, uh, you know, beer is culinary as, as well. Um, so you just look for, for look for the uh, uh, the things that work together and uh, that, that taste good together. You know, the acids and, and bases and uh, all that fun stuff. And, uh, try to put something together between a couple of buns. Um, the uh, inspiration from this actually came from a, a sandwich that I had come across uh, called a, uh, it was a vegetarian Reuben, uh, collard green Reuben. And uh, uh, the take on this burger was, was inspired by that, uh, that actual sandwich that I had done. Plus pork belly and collards go together. Yeah, plus pork, yeah, yeah the, the vegetarian sandwich didn't have the pork belly. A little improvement. Steven's having the burger and the fries. I'm having a basket of wings. And it's funny, as soon as you said, our focus is as much now on the food earlier as the beer. Later came out with my basket of wings, so it was like perfect timing. Um, it's always a good time for wings. Yeah. Is there, is there any kind of unique stories behind the flavors you offer for the wings? Well, actually, so so Dan Dan is the guy that brought the wings out to you. Uh, he's a cook. He helps in the kitchen. Um, we've been doing over the last couple of months what we call a Wing Wednesday, where he features a special sauce that day. Uh, so he's developed uh, probably 10, 12 different sauces up to this point that have all been great, uh, all been hits. Uh, uh, so we kind of let, let him play with some, some sauce ideas back there. Uh, uh, we have our, our course wing sauces are the, uh, the Nashville Hot, uh, Garlic Parmesan, uh, Buffalo, and uh, Barbecue. Uh, and then we also do the, the dry version, which is uh, the wings are actually dry brine uh, at, at minimum uh, overnight, uh, sometimes a little bit longer, uh, to uh, encourage a, a good flavor. So you can eat the wing without having any sauce on it, it's still going to have great flavor. Uh, but the sauces do complement the, uh, the base 
frying uh, seasoning on the wing. I can appreciate that because people always, whenever I order wings, of course, they you know, always get asked whether, whether you want wings or blue cheese or kind of sauce. And I always tell them, tell them no, because uh, I want the flavor of the wing. Mm-hmm. I want to taste what the wing is. Yeah, these, these wings will stand on their own, uh, but uh, the sauces, uh, I like them tossed. I'm a big buffalo wing guy, so. Uh, I like mine tossed in buffalo sauce. That's my that's my go-to on the menu for buffalo. Be the upstate upstate wing boys podcast. Upstate wing boys. You got a good idea. Might have to invest. Yeah. All right. So it seems this area of South Carolina has been growing at a fantastic rate. I myself moved here uh, in 2005 from South Florida. Uh, what brought you to the Sparkler area? Uh, we each have different stories, obviously. Um, I came in 2000, yeah, summer of 04. Before, this. <laughs> before, before we tonight, here. we didn't know each other. Um, I came here uh, summer of 04. Uh, teaching marching band, basically a divorce, and she moved with my daughter, and so I moved here to be stay close, and um, I needed kind of a fresh start with the marching band thing, anyway. So before I, before we had a brewery, I, I taught marching band, taught drumline uh, professionally. So I taught at Dorman for 13 years, and that's kind of what brought me to the area, which is part of the inspiration for the groove and the, and the new groove. And there's lots of drums and music and pageantry names. Have you maybe noticed our brand is very musically based? From the logo items and the logo to our the beer, names of our beers, uh, the, uh, the club, our, our brewery clubs that we have, they're all uh, music, musically inspired. I had to do a double take at the canvas paintings because as soon as you said music, I started looking around to see if I could notice the themes, and I thought and I thought, I thought they were like EP vinyls. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm originally from uh, Missouri, a small town in central Missouri called Steelville, Missouri, about an hour and a half uh, west of St. Louis. Uh, moved here in 2009 um, to, uh, to start a business, a uh, business that I grew, my wife and I grew here and then sold. I had, I had an offer for that business uh, in 2015. Uh, Duke and I had been, uh, Jonathan and I had been talking about, uh, uh, we call him Duke, uh, uh, talking about how cool it would be to have a brewery for, for a little while, and the uh, opportunity presented itself for me to uh, to sell that company. Uh, he had uh, some funds uh, saved up, and we put those together. Uh, quickly ran out of money, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, through that process, uh, found our third partner Jeff, who's not here right now, uh, uh, who, who came on board as an as an investor, but has also uh, become a, a, an integral part of uh, our our team here. Uh, Bringing new groove, making new, new groove what it is. Um, to expand upon Wayne's question a little bit, the the Spartanburg area has some good options for craft, but it still the, the overall total is still on the lower side as compared to uh, the greater Greenville area or down the low country Charleston. We previously spoke on another episode with Mike Corner. What is your relationship with them? What is your relationship with your other craft neighbors and with the overall upstate craft community? Uh, first things first, uh, our pretzels are much better than plank owners. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, Sean's great. Uh, Sean uh, came to us before moving to the area and opening plank owner. Uh, introduced himself. Uh, we became friends. Um, and uh, uh, they're doing some fun stuff down there at, at their spot. And uh, uh, it's, uh, like Jonathan said earlier, it's... Uh, I don't know if you said this <laughs> verbatim, but uh, the rising tide raises all ships, so we've always taken that 
uh, stance when it comes to the more breweries, the merrier, so to speak. Uh, uh, we're looking at uh, in, improving a, a culture and a, uh, a community here in the Spartanburg area, uh, in Bowling Springs specifically here for us, and uh, uh, they're helping us, helping us do that. Yeah, each of the breweries in Spartanburg, I think, I mean, they're has a pretty wide, uh, they each have a different vibe and different kind of focus. So I mean, there's, it's a, it's a community of, you know, not, it's not five of the same thing. So it's, it all, you know, it works. There are buds. Beer buds. Yep. So we're talking about food earlier. Each of us was having a little bit of food from, from your kitchen. So it's stressful enough to own a brewery and it's stressful enough to own a restaurant. And there's not a lot of breweries slash restaurants or breweries that have kitchens in the upstate of South Carolina. So what, it, from the stressful part or whatever, is there anything that you can tell us that most people wouldn't know about what it takes to own both and to have both under one roof? I mean, I don't, really, I don't know what other people know. Uh, <laughs> I know what we didn't know before we know what we know now that makes that makes sense uh, so we like we didn't Nuger wasn't opened with the uh, expectation we were going to really do a lot with food uh, the idea was to have have food to support people that are here to drink when you drink it's nice to have something to eat uh, so we opened with uh, you know deli sandwiches uh, sliced meat uh, sandwiches the, the pretzels that, uh, that I mentioned before um, and uh, just kind of ex you know, expanded it from from there um, I, with anything you Business-wise, you, you look at where you can improve sales. Um, we saw, we found it, uh, that our food, uh, there was an opportunity there to improve and expand sales. So uh, we, we developed that a little more than what it was intentionally intended to be. And the stress is always there, though. It's business. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about clubs earlier, and I'm pretty familiar with the society or the clubs that you have can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that what y'all offer yeah we have um we kind of have two uh the first one that we initially opened with and continue to this day is called the groove club um and we we've kind of um defined that as a social club so that's generally people more more people that live around here uh we we have a social once a month where we do a bottle share and uh, we preview upcoming food and and beers for them um, they get you know first first ability to buy most of the uh, the pre-sale items that we that we do um, that kind of thing. So that that's a group that you know that wants to hang out. And then we've got another group that, that we actually just started called Masterworks, and that's uh, more beer centric. So that's uh, you're essentially pre-purchasing uh, quarterly members-only bottles, and they get a glass and a T-shirt. So and then first first opportunity at the other releases that we have too. So it's it's a uh, Actually, we worked on that a lot today, just like planning the actual brews, and it's uh, it's kind of overwhelming. But I'm super excited about the opportunity to, you know, it provides us a little bit more forethought about what we're gonna when we're gonna need how many bottles throughout the year. So it, I think it's kind of a win-win, and we're excited to see it happen. Got you know glassware on the way and shirts and all that kind of stuff. So almost like a super pre-order type of. Thing. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, buying a year in advance uh, as opposed to couple weeks on the releases. Yep. Well, we've talked about the beer, and Steven's talked about the food, but uh, I saw that you not only do craft beer, but you do craft sodas. 
body. For those who don't drink or can't drink beer. So, what is your favorite craft soda? Well, so the uh, we actually don't do the sodas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. Do your research. Update the website. <laughs> yeah, that website needs updated. Right, well, <laughs> talk to our web guy. <laughs> we, we do do a, a hard. Uh, sorry, a, a seltzer water, a non-alcoholic flavored seltzer water. Uh, my last name is Duke. We call it Ducroy because I used to drink a lot of Lacroix and realized one day that I could think I could make this. Make it yourself. So we keep that a keg in the cooler. We drink more of it, way more of it than we ever sell. Uh, but there is there is that non-alcoholic option. Uh, we do carry Coke. Coke Zero Coke is right. Coke Zero. Yeah. And I, I, we have talked about bringing the soda back. Uh, so it was something that... You can uh, probably still answer the question. Which was your favorite? My favorite was the... <laughs> I think it probably everybody else's as well, the grape. Uh, we still have uh, families come in. That the, the daughters of a specific family are very upset every time they can't get their uh, uh, their, their grape soda. Uh, but it, it, we may bring it back at some point. And so when we first opened my... My youngest daughter, my family's, our families helped a little bit more than what they do now. Uh, my youngest daughter kind of assumed the role of the soda maker uh, in the place, so we call it Taylor's, Taylor's Craft Soda. Uh, she's since gotten older and uh, not wanting to mix soda anymore. So, <laughs> she's got things to do. Uh, <laughs> and between the, uh, all the other responsibilities that I have, I've not picked up the, the slack on the soda making, so that's why it's not on any longer. Uh, but uh, we, we may bring it back some. I like that name, man. Right. Ducroy. Ducroy, yeah. <laughs> um, now, we've spoken more about your beer collaborative relationships around the area. We want to know about your local local ones as well. What are your ties to the community at large, whether it be food trucks, whether it be local musicians, whether it be charities and fundraisers, fundraisers? Is there anything of that nature that you want to share, anything you've done in the past you you've had a great time with, anything you plan on doing in the future that you're really excited for? Yeah, we do. Uh, I mean, music being part of our, 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 our I don't know, our, our identity so we have we, we do live music uh, much of the year we do it every Friday and Saturday during the fall we just do it on Friday because apparently people are watching football on Saturdays and uh, it's, it's, it's a little different different day so um, but we, we love the live, all our you know anniversary events all our events are paired with live music outside um, so I would say that's a big that's that's a big part of our identity um, we've done a couple of fundraisers with specific beers Specifically helping the, the uh, skate park downtown, they were building the new the new bowl. We did a sel hard seltzer for that uh, with Hop Spot local beer store. I don't know, Josh, you want to talk about some of the events? Like, uh, hey, events. Uh, you mentioned the food trucks. The uh, since you know expanding the kitchen, we've kind of gotten away from the, the food trucks. Plus, there's there aren't a lot of food trucks around Spartanburg locally any longer. Uh, those that tended to be more successful as a food truck have opened brick and mortar and uh, kind of moved into that different uh, uh, that brick and mortar more you know, brick and mortar restaurant as opposed to the food truck style um, but uh, we still do like actually this Sunday we will have uh, Mountain View barbecue uh, barbecue restaurant in Columbus North Carolina uh, they'll be coming out um, to help us with our staffing issues in the kitchen um, uh, we'll be closing the kitchen that day here and allowing them to sell to our customers throughout that day. So give, give the kitchen a little break. Um, yeah, uh, with Cousins Maine, they come out every like five weeks or so. Cousins Maine Lobster, I'm sure everybody's heard, heard of them or familiar with them at this point. Uh, they're out here about once 
once every five weeks, uh, and they bring a crowd with them. And then, uh, locally, we try to source as much of our food locally as we can. Um, some of it's kind of difficult. Uh, but we do have you know, farmers we work with for, for different different items that make the menu, ingredients for beer. Uh, we always you know, love supporting other local uh, local vendors and, and local local farmers and local businesses. Speaking of sourcing locally, where do you get all? I'm gonna take a page out of uh, Stephen's book and ask about where you get your grains, all your growing ingredients. Are they locally sourced? Are they uh, from a little further out? Uh, they they vary. We um we do use Riverbend that's uh, in Asheville. Uh, we use some malt from Carolina Malt and um, Epiphany, the other North Carolina malsters. Uh, most of it we is not local. Um, just because of the, the different kind of varieties that we're generally looking for, um, but we, we, we do we have a few brands that we use it in completely, and, and we like to use it a few of the products in specific situations. All right, so we use a lot of local fruit if that if that helps. <laughs> Strawberry Hill, the, the the farms around here, we got a I'm sorry we have a, we have a pumpkin beer about to come out with with local pumpkins. Um, Craig family pumpkin yeah. of uh, Rutherfordton, or as they say there, Ruffton, North Carolina. <laughs> uh, yeah, Strawberry Hill, a uh, uh, farm here locally in Bowling Springs as well. Uh, uh, Healy Farms over off Asheville Highway. Uh, get a lot of our uh, stuff there. Sea uh, Family Farm, uh, they're more seasonal. Uh, they're closed now, but source some stuff there through them as well. Yeah. All right, since I screwed up my... Uh question on the uh, crowd, so uh, I'm going to pivot to, I'm going to ask another question, okay, I know you do a lot of collabs, you do a lot of different beer styles, what is your favorite beer to brew, and then what is your favorite beer to drink? Uh, well, I would start with a drink, and that's uh, for sure into into the light lager, like Krispies, um, so Pilsner, Italian Pilsner, given an opportunity. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I really West Coast Pills or Cold IPA or however you want to call you know IPL. I love like a hoppy lager. Um, so th those are really my favorite to drink. Um, do you want to talk about your favorite to drink before we talk about yeah, favorite to drink? Uh, Probably I, pretty similar. I tend to hops. drink drink to season. I, I think um, this time of the year, you're you know, the, the more malty, uh, bigger beers as it gets cooler in the fall. Uh, summertime, the, the crispy, uh, more sessionable type beers. Uh, but the go-to really would be, uh, at this point, uh, a, a nice Pilsner uh, fermented in uh, fooder uh, <laughs> called Adagio, which we have on tap right now. Uh, can't get away from that beer. If I'm going to the tap right now here, uh, I'm pulling Adagio and I'm drinking that. I'm really excited right now, too. Our Martin uh, is coming back. Our Sonata con Legno um, should be back this weekend. Uh, been Pulling some off the tank over the last couple of weeks and, and drinking that straight out of the uh, fermenter. Uh, that's a great beer. I'm excited to have it back on this year. We're shuffling a little bit because Wayne's a big fan of classical styles of Pilsner, so when you guys say Pilsner, he gets all excited. <laughs> the, uh, because uh, Chase is not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, they rest me on IPAs and I'm resting on Pilsner. I've really seen, I mean, my palate change, and I, I, I see it happen with a lot of people. So, I mean, it's, you know, I. 
couldn't couldn't have cared less really. I never I never thought we would do we might do one or two loggers. We put loggers in the description. I thought when we opened we might do one or two loggers, you know, every couple of years. And I look over the board sometimes now and there's like six or seven loggers up there. <laughs> uh, it, it's you know, and it, it so it's it's well you know I guess it reflects what we're into, what we're interested in. Uh, my other favorite is um, would be a, a barrel aged stout. Probably my favorite to make. You asked that was the other question. Um, and it's funny to talk about something to make that's also the, the, the most difficult thing, like stamina-wise, to make. Our, our stout brew days are about 23 hours, um, and you know, and then you're waiting a year and a half in a barrel or so. So it's, it's you know, it's it's a it's it's a difficult thing. Um, but those are some of my fun ones to make. It, he mentioned the fooder. We should we should touch on that for a second. But the uh, a lot of our loggers, we uh, added a fooder, which is a giant oak tank. Originally designed for aging, like bulk aging wine, but this one's built out of Missouri oak, specifically for beer. And it's unique because it has cooling plates in it, so we can actually control the temperature uh, to a great degree inside this oak tank. So it's like a barrel that we can cool. Um, and we, we do lagers exclusively in it, so th this is a Pilsner, but it's a Pilsner aged in, in oak. So you get kind of like vanilla and that, that dry woody tannin at the end that really helps the... The, the dry crispy finish also works really well with the more more malty like the Mars that he's talking about. Talking about great segues, I didn't want to ask about a, something in the decor around here, and that's all the barrels around the room. Are these all active brewing process barrels, or are some of them strictly decor, or is everything a future product? Uh, everyone that's horizontal is full. The, uh, the these are tables along the wall here, the old, old line barrels, but everything that's horizontal is full. Um, and then the punches are full, even though they're vertical. Um, the, you know, we mentioned that that society. We really need about twice as many barrels as we have. So it, it, it's going to be, it, you know, it's, it's a passion of ours, um, both from a drinking standpoint and just it's, it's fun to make. So you're going to see a lot more of that. Most of the bigger barrels are wine barrels, and those are generally mixed fermentations. Those are sours, uh, long-term sour projects. And then the smaller barrels are various spirit barrels, and that's going to be our, you know, our strong ale, probably wine stouts quarters and such but come in and I'll show you what's in every barrel <laughs> absolutely so I guess my last question you was talking about your I think you said your palate changed like your beer palate changed I was always a stout porter guy year-round but now I've transitioned to IPAs I love IPAs year-round so do you brew like one or two IPAs year round, or is it just one IPA you brew year round, or how does that work? There's not much we brew year round, really. Okay. Um, we we have uh, sort of have two flagship IPAs that we alternate between, uh, but then we do so we do so many one offs in between there that we don't even always have one of those two. Um, I kind of try to keep like a low ABV, like a pale ale, and an IPA, and like a double IPA. Uh, so we kind of try to keep try to keep some variety in that, but we like to we like to go with what we have at the, that time and what we feel. Though I think is that a cadence you're drinking right now? It is. Yeah. So that 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 beer can only be made once a year. That's a wet hop IPA. So on on a on a Monday, I don't know, a month or so ago, those hops were still in the field in, in Oregon. They were picked on the Monday. They were put on a plane, flown overnight. Tuesday morning, they went in our kettle uh, for a fresh hop IPA. So th those th that can only be done once a year when they pick that strata. So it's not like that can be made you know, any other time. And there's definitely a unique character. I, I, 
I haven't had a whole lot of wet IPAs because you couldn't you couldn't get wet IPAs around here that are like that that are fresh. Like you get Celebration, which is a wet hop IPA, but it's definitely not as fresh as, as this. Been sitting on a shelf for six, right. six to eight weeks. So traditionally, if you don't live in an area that grows a lot of hops, you don't get to drink wet wet hop IPAs. And and now we're, it's pretty cool to be able to kind of bring that. But not something we can do. I had somebody ask me, so you're going to keep this on, right? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> we'll see it next year. <laughs> That's why it's got a 2021 behind it. So it's definitely a good beer. I think I saw y'all offer this in to go, right? We do crowlers of all our beers. Yeah. Okay. That one's not canned. Um, the, just by, because it's for anything we can, we uh, we you know, have to do a label for it. So we try to do. We don't. The one offs don't always okay. get that done. So. I don't know if it's the elephant in the room, but they saved this question for me because I was curious about it. Why a gas station? <laughs> because I remember coming in, in here, and I'm not gonna say too much, but as, as a younger person, <laughs> and buying stuff from this gas station. I think it, the, the building was available. Uh, you know, we had, uh, we had looked for several months uh, 2016 uh, looking for a space uh, one thing that with uh, uh, with your licensing is you, you can't submit your paperwork until you have an address um, and then once you submit that paperwork you're looking at several months time from then before you can actually start the project uh, so uh, uh, after looking around for it was a good two two and a half months uh, around downtown Spartanburg uh, buildings out there a lot of them rendered obsolete uh, required way too much capital up front to, to get it workable. Um, I live in the area here. I was driving on my way home from uh, my wife's office, which is on the other side of town, and uh, saw a available sign in the front window and called the number and we checked it out. It seemed to kind of fit the, the funky vibe we were looking for, uh, shape-wise for the building, um, and uh, worked out the terms and it uh, became ours. Uh, and you can fill your car up before you head home after. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with that because the building itself has that weird funky shape that you alluded yeah. to it. It does kind of remind me of like an old 10 gallon cowboy hat a little bit. Uh -huh. <laughs> kind of an Arby's hat look. Huh? Yeah. Arby's missed their opportunity here. <laughs> <laughs> um, something we do with all our guests before we wrap the interview is uh, we go through the beers that we had while we were sitting here talking talk, talking in, and um, tell us what we thought of it and get a little background from from you as far as what it, what what it took was it difficult was there anything special to do is there any kind of special meaning behind it so Wayne why don't you uh, do yours first well I believe I'm down at the bottom of the road, I believe this was the uh, Hellas Lager which Hellas Lager is one of my favorite styles Vivo Vivo kind of like no, yeah. Who the hell is? So, uh, what can you tell me about that? Anything interesting? Or? Uh, back to what we talked about earlier. That's a fitter aged. So anything that's called cotton legno in our name um, means with cotton legno means with wood in Italian. So most music con uh, concert music terms come from Latin. So that that's a string string method. Um, so anything cotton legno means was aged in our fitter. So that's a, a, a light golden lager. Uh, it's all all German malts and um, low hopped and just easy drinking with a little bit of a you know that wood finish at the end to kind of help that crispiness. I had one uh, earlier tonight as well. So 
pardon my ignorance, but tell me again the name of the beer that I'm drinking. Because you were just talking about it. Cadence 2021. So a cadence is a drum. It's what the drums play while the band is marching. And uh, a lot of a lot of places that changes from year to year. So that and this beer, because why we talked about it, it can only be done once a year, and it's it's going to be whatever that hop presents that year is what we're going to get. So it's it's going to be you know a unique thing each year. So it'll always be cadence, and then just the year will change. So real quick, Chase got a question, but I just wanted to bring to light more. We're talking about cadence, so military. So tell me real quick. Tell me real quick about. I've seen some military beers that you've done. Do y'all have military background, or is that out of respect, or where does that military side come from? Uh, we don't. Most of my family served. Yeah, some of my family as well. Uh, uh, do have you know the utmost respect for military military families. Uh, I think you're probably referring to uh, the uh, Armed Forces Salute uh, IPA that we do. We do that once a year. Uh, that actually comes, uh, the hot blend comes from uh, Yakima Chief uh, Hop Farms. Uh, they do a blend, uh, uh, to, they, they do a blend with a specific uh, charity uh, annually, uh, each year different. Um, and uh, the, all the proceeds from the purchases of those hops uh, go to support that, uh, that charity. So uh, that's that's the kind of the Armed Forces Salute uh, background. Have you ever had any events here to support that chair? Is it strictly been a proceeds type of situation? Uh, it's a proceeds. It's the, the, so the farm, the Yakima Chief does the, the, the our, our purchasing of that hop goes to uh, goes to the uh, the charity that they choose. We haven't actually raised funds here specifically for that uh, that brand or that um, or that the, the charity they work with. What I'm sipping on, and I really hope there's a nice story behind this one, is the uh, Angry Monster Tomato. Angry Tomato Monster. Angry yeah. Tomato Monster, yes. And this one snuck up on me a little bit because like, I'm smelling it. It's very, it has a very mild aroma. I can kind of pick up a little bit of some kind of fruity vegetable type of tomato a little bit. And then I tasted it and it hit me straight with the jalapeno. I was like, I like it. And I'm, these, these guys uh, tend to disagree with me, but I like I like the spicy beers. Uh, what, what kind of went behind these and, and what drove you to make them with any spicy beers? Yeah, so, so that beer is actually one of my homebrew recipes. Uh, it's been changed since we, uh, we've learned more from on a commercial scale. Um, but I have uh, some friends of ours have a uh, sub, sub shop called Monster Subs here in Spartanburg. And uh, their, their uh, logo uh, incorporates a, an angry looking tomato monster. Um, so I told my friend at that time, I'm going to brew a beer uh, with tomatoes. And uh, uh, put a recipe together, um, made the beer, and uh, it kind of it kind of stuck. But yeah, so it's uh, uh, tomatoes, uh, basil, and jalapeno. Source those uh, as much locally as possible. All those tomatoes actually came from the Sea uh, uh, family farm here in Bowling Springs this year. Um, uh, basil, we couldn't quite find a source locally for that. Years past, we've uh, we've sourced from multiple families here in, in the area for their basil. Uh, this year, we had to buy it through our uh, food food service provider. Uh, and the jalapenos uh, this year all came from uh, the same farm, Sea uh, Farm. And uh, years past, we've sourced those from multiple farms as well. Uh, peppers here grow like weeds, so it's it's not hard to find peppers. It seems. We do have a hotter version you should try. We have a, a Carolina Reaper version, the Raging Tomato, the Raging Tomato Monster. 
And if, if you drink a whole one of those, you get to write your name on the, the wall of flame over there. The wall of flame? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> I'm drinking Phoenix Risling from uh, Cyclops in Spartanburg. So we do, we do a, a festival. Yeah. We do a festival in the summer called Crispy Fest. It was a lager-centric festival. Uh, I asked these guys to bring this beer because I like drinking it so much, and it's kind of it's a it's a session, but not a lot. It's an anti-lager sort of. It's super malty. It's uh, ESB, um, so you know it's, it's 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 easy drinking, but but kind of contrast that that crispy lager. So that's we brought it in for that, and all the beers that we had after that, we get to put on here rotating through the guest tap. So super enjoying this beer. And I'm not drinking anything right now. Um, so if I were drinking, I would be drinking a. Uh, <laughs> Probably will be soon. <laughs> well, fellas, fellas, is there anything else that you would like to uh, tell our listeners about your brewery or about yourselves before we wrap it up? Anything you want to add? We've uh, we will have uh, so seasonal releases coming up. Uh, our mystery plan. We do a Black Friday. Uh, event uh, every Black Friday, we release our Mr. Plain Imperial Stout, uh, aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, usually do several several different variants of that uh, on tap, uh, and then do a bottle release of the base beer. Uh, that'll be coming up uh, November, whatever the date is, the fr- Black Friday. Uh, open up at noon that day. Uh, be probably a pre-sale for the bottles that are available, uh, and then uh, taps first come first serve. Yeah, my favorite day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and then you met, uh, Duke, Jonathan mentioned the festival, our Crispy Fest festival. We uh, we are working on as well a winter festival called Woodstock, uh, uh, where we're inviting other uh, area breweries that uh, uh, with their uh, wood aged offerings. Uh, you might have a little more to share about that than I Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about it. Yeah. Woodstock? Woodstock. Woodstock. Woodstock, yeah, like... Uh, See the music theme? Yeah. Music. Yeah, music. yeah so um, I mentioned the uh, the lager-focused festival earlier. Uh, so our, our idea is in the summer, do Crispy Fest that folk, you know, that, that bring in our friends that are really focused around those those the lager-driven beer. And then uh, in the winter, do one called Woodstock that's uh, centered around wood-aged beer. So it's going to be all, you know, a lot of strong ales, but also wood-aged sours and hopefully everything in between. And um, get together just some of our friends that are excited about that as well and have a little event in here. It's not it's not scheduled yet. I think it's uh, first, uh, beginning of 2022. Q1 2022. Fellas, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Nothing other than uh, how tantalized I am by a wood-aged festival. <laughs> We get him in the summer and you in the winter. (laughs) Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our interview with Josh and Jonathan with New Groove Brewery. Uh, Fellas, thank you all for having us in here and taking the time. I know you all are really busy with the kitchen and all. So, as always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. Stay with us as Wayne asks what's in your beer. Back road dust blowing in the wind. Pickup trucks start rolling in. Sky turning colors when the sun starts sinking low. Oh, oh, break out of that long week state of mind. Gonna burn a little brush.
brush pile wood tonight Wind chimes ringing, swinging side to side real slow Oh, oh, and we got Zach Brown playing in the background Cans and the long necks getting nice now With the stars all shining like a chandelier It's Friday night out here, out here Where the moon glows, the corn grows And Lord knows that's how we like it Pull your girl in close, get yourself up here Stephen and Chase, I don't know about you guys, but I just love sitting down and talking to the people who are behind the beers we drink. Mm-hmm. Today's been a fun episode starting off with Fruited Sours and then sitting down with uh, the guys at New Groove and learning about them. Um, I'll be honest, I am still learning about all the different flavors and styles of beers. So I'm going to ask the both of you about beers and the additions to beer. Okay. You guys ready? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, first of all, I keep hearing this word adjunct used when talking about beer. You know, what exactly is an adjunct? Come on. It's funny because the last time I heard an adjunct, it's referring to a college professor that wasn't staff. <laughs> so when I think of it as I was telling you earlier about adding fruit or adding Fruity Pebbles or something like that. That's what I think of adding adjuncts to a brew. A brew. So basically what you're telling me is adjunct just basically loosely means... It's just an, an additive, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Seems so formal. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm going to give you guys a style of beer, and you can tell me what your favorite or least favorite adjunct okay who it is be either fruit or flavor or, or whatever so i'm gonna start off with uh with sours uh, chase what is your Ooh. what is your favorite or least favorite adjunct to the sours um it might surprise y'all not too big a fan of overly tart stuff I like fruit forward sours. So, as far as an adjunct goes, I'm more of a fan of things that are strong fruit forward discernible flavors. So, I like mango. I like guava. I like pineapple. I like those distinctive strong type of fruit adjuncts into a sour because that helps to dim that tartness from it and gives it more of a fruit forward flavor profile. So what you're telling me is like a beer smoothie, but not so much tart ending. I do, yes. Well, that's that's a fair assessment because I do like those smoothie, those fruited smoothie type of sours. I Whether it's from whether it's from 450 North, whether it's from Newgrass, whether it's from New Groove, um, whether it's from RAR, hint, hint, if somebody wants to beer mail me something. Um, whether it's from Great Notion, if somebody on the West Coast wants to beer mail me something, hint, hint. Um, I'm a big fan of those type of fruit, fo- fruit forward flavor profiles. So, Fair yeah. enough. What you got, Stephen? On sours, what's your favorite or 
not so favorite addition to them. I like fruit. You don't care what fruit. it is, as long as it's not fruit apple. Fruit but yeah, puree. Because you know, an adjunct could be multiple things, whether it be a grain or something that's not necessarily used all the time in a beer. But fruit is one of the categories, and that's definitely. I, I love banana. Oh, puree in a fruited salad. Okay, more than just a half one. Oh, definitely. Uh, Newgrass mentioned earlier, and we've had some of their beers lately. They make a banana bandana, and it has a lot of banana puree on the bottom of the can, and it is amazing. It's more like a smoothie. So not to be confused with the Savannah banana. Not to be confused with the Savannah banana. Savannah banana is more like a Hefeweizen. And I really hope when you go to Savannah, you grab me some. I will do my best. You might send me a few notes on it, though. That's Screen, okay. Screenshots. You know, guys, I'm... I'm I'm still just not there on sours, but I'm going to keep trying. Well, we got you to turn the car on hazy, so we'll keep working on it. All right, so next up is a style that is a favorite of uh, our mayors. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to uh, IPAs, what is your, uh, do you have any uh, favorite additions or not so favorite additions to an IPA? I don't necessarily know. It, but like I said, I'm, I'm not big on knowing what goes into as far as brewing the, the hops i don't know if you would really consider the hops an adjunct so yeah 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 i see what you're saying because adjunct really. is like a grain or something yeah. that's off fruit i mean i i don't know of anybody that actually adds fruit to as a basic ingredient i, I will tell you that the the beer that I'm getting ready to brew for the first time, the IPA, it did come with grapefruit flavoring that you infuse the beer with. I, I know our viewers, our listeners can't view us, but I left you some in there so that you could drink some of it. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there. So. He was passing you off a of beer, Sage. Elvis juice. I've actually had this, and it's really good. And that one is actually brewed in Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. Ohio, and that's what I was trying to talk to you about earlier when I didn't want to talk in the mic. And So I it is across the pond, but this particular one is brewed here, too. I saw the USA on it. I didn't notice the Ohio on it. All right, Chase. What about you, IPAs? I like, well, I like two. One is probably very basic. I like uh, a nice, strong orange type of flavor. Uh, there's a particular brewery uh, that I won't give away the name of, but a lot of their hazy IPs have a very strong orange flavor. Orange juice type of flavor. And um, those... To me, I, I love something that just tastes like I'm sipping on oranges because I love drinking orange juice. Um, the, um, 
it's I have to ease off it a little bit because of the sugar content. But at the same time, if that's just a, such a refreshing flavor to me, it's like that morning start your morning off type of flavor. Now the other one is something that's um, pretty polarizing. We may or may not have hinted on in the past. Pretty polarizing flavor, and that's grapefruit. Because I like, regardless, because I, I like whether it's a grapefruit kind half that I'm digging out for breakfast, or it's that bitter type of fruit flavor in the beer. I like, I like either one of them a lot. So that's an additive in an IPA that like I'll tend to notice it right away, and I enjoy it. So I am not, and I will not be ashamed to admit that. <laughs> people, Cheers. People may hate me for it. People may not like the grapefruit additive, but I like it a lot. Well, being that Elvis Juice is my go-to favorite IPA, just easy drinking, and it's grapefruit infused. <laughs> I and I'm a, and I'm a big fan of Elvis Juice. I think Elvis Juice is a is a, is a great is is a, is a great flavor. It's it does it doesn't kick you in the teeth too much. It's not super bitter. It's it's like a nice juicy flavor to it. Well said. Well, moving right along. So now let's talk some stouts. Yes, sir. You know, our, our producer says he's a, yes, he's sir. a stout yes, lover. So think about this long and hard, but what is your most favorite or least favorite? I don't need stout? to th- I don't need to think about a long and hard one, you know. Um my first one that I'll mention is something that uh it might be a little too basic, but I love peanut butter and stuff. That there's something, and it it's weird because the way it's done. I've had peanut butter stouts that taste more chocolatey, have that more creamy peanut butter sensation, and I've had peanut butter stouts that have a more dry, bready type of earthy flavor. So it reminds you more of a traditional peanut flavor, like if you get a tin of planters and you're just popping them out of the can in your mouth. Um, so that a, a peanut, if I see a peanut butter stout on tap somewhere and I'm getting a flight, that's guaranteed to be one of the flight glasses on my handle. Um, big fan of peanut butter. The other one that I like, and this is another one that is sometimes polarizing to a lot of people is cherry. Mm. I love cherry in a stout. I don't think I've seen a cherry stout. I've had several. And it was infused, and in, I won't try to pronounce this beer, but in our previous episode uh, with Thomas Creek, there it was a nitro cherry stout, nitro cherry sour stout, and um, I don't blame you for trying to not not trying to pronounce that. Yeah, oh, I'm not gonna try it. No, 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 no. Sober, sober buzz. I'm not gonna try it. Um, but that being said. Cherry is something to me. I know it can be very polarizing because if you screw it up, it can make a really bad beer. But I feel like I've not really found a lot of cherry beers that have been quote-unquote screwed up, at least in my eyes. So I don't see... I think that if people say it's a bad cherry beer, they just don't like cherry. Um, Because... If a brewery's gonna put it out, they don't think it's bad. Now, let's say let's say I'm still the minority, 
and there's five people tasting the beer before it goes to the public, and you know three people dislike it and two people like it, but it's good enough to go to the public. I'm. It's probably still something I would like because I tend to I do like cherry. It's just it's something that mixes well with coffee or chocolate or whatever type of traditional adjunct you think of when it comes to a stout or a porter. For to me, the cherry just mixes very well with that. Now with cherry and chocolate, you think of a lot of uh, as our mayor's a big fan of cherry cola. Um, Pepsi, pep, cherry Pepsi. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, aren't those the same thing down here no, uh, vernacularly? <laughs> no. Um, the uh, Coke, Coke's from Atlanta. <laughs> Pepsi's from the Carolinas. <laughs> um, so to to me, that there's a couple that I've had in the past which taste just mm. like cherry cola, whether it's Pepsi or Coke, tastes just like a cherry cola. And it's that to me is so phenomenal because it's just a familiar, warm kind of fuzzy flavor to me. And just to add to that real quick, Newgrass actually did a cherry cola sour. Okay. And it was fizzy and all. If someone could come up with one that tastes exactly like cheer wine, I'd drink it by the gallon. Barley wine. That, that like there, barley, barley wine to me. there is a brewery in North Carolina, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. They do a cheer wine. I can't. I don't know why I can't think of. It. They do a cheer wine beer every year, Salisbury, North Carolina, for the Salisbury, North Carolina Cheer Wine Festival. Cherry wine that makes me think of genuine Tom Haverford's cousin from Parks and Rec. No. <laughs> Cheer me out. Yeah. What is that brewery? I will name? sneak in every pop culture reference I can in this show. Thank you very much. Hey, cheers to that. <laughs> Absolutely. But it is a brewery in Salisbury, North Carolina. And they do, Salisbury, North Carolina does a cheer wine festival every year. And this brewery brews beer for it. Cherry, that Salisbury, that's going to be a heck of a uh, road trip for us to, to do someday. Not really, it's not that far. And then that on the that's on the eastern coast. I thought it was close to the eastern coast. New Salem, no, it's it's not far at all. It's not it's on in the, the metro Charlotte area. I think. New Salem, New Salem Brewing. I've had several beer. I've had a couple. Well, not several. I shouldn't say several. I've had a couple beer from New Salem, and I had to look in my good. I had to look in my fridge to see what the name of it was. <laughs> Some on the spot research, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. You got anything to add to uh, stouts there? Any favorite or non-favorite adjuncts there? So a former former brewery that I really hope comes back, and I hope they come back strong, Quest Brewery, mm. or Quest Brewing out of Greenville, they did a cherry cordial stout, and they did it in the big bottles. And I would set down and drank one of the whole bottles by myself and it was really good it wasn't overpowering but by far cherry is one of my my favorite additives in a stout that and strawberry strawberry goes real well but peanut butter and i have a peanut butter one that i got from a instagram a beer trader friend that we're going to have to crack open 
at a later at, point. At some point, yeah. Well, Wayne, uh, that's two out of three on Cherry. Are you going to complete our trifecta on Cherry? No, I'm not. But well, as rats. far as stouts go, as far as additives to it, adjuncts, I, for one, like a good coffee stout. Mm-hmm. Coffee porter, coffee stout. Um, what I'm not so into is I've tried a couple pastry stouts. Not my favorite. You're not a big fan of dessert beers. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe I just haven't found the right one. No, no vanilla, no cocoa nibs. They're hit and miss. Now to go back to the peanut butter stout, um, I did have that one that you brought down from New York. Oh yes, the District really Ninety Six. It was really good, but the only thing that I wished it has, I, I wished it had a little bit more peanut butter taste. It had just like a very wisp, a hint of peanut butter. I, I can agree with that. I also thought, whereas I picked up the peanut butter and the aroma, I thought the flavor was definitely more on the chocolate side. For once we see kind of eye to eye. Aye! Okay. I've got to try that one. I haven't tried that one yet. I've got a couple. I've got at least one more, if not two. So. You, the one you gave me from District 96 was the quad, and it was 14%, and yeah. it was amazing. I actually took that <laughs> to, I actually took that to one of the eight state uh, beer releases that you go at 8 o'clock in the morning just to get a good line, just to get in the line at a good time. Just to get in <laughs> the line, not necessarily a good spot, just to get in the line. Yeah, yeah. That's where we got to get Wayno to. And we, we they do a bottle share. As long as it's during the weekend, if it's during the week release, they don't like to do a bottle share because of the businesses Adjacent business of this. But during the weekend, bottle shares are all open, and go out there and you try. You definitely need to get you down there. Even if you don't stay for the whole thing to actually buy a bottle of beer when they open, you will try everything on this earth. Sounds like an experience. Absolutely. That don't cost anything other than you bring a couple beers to share. I might have to check that out here in a little bit. Yeah, there's a couple of things that Wayne says he's not a fan of that I think we need to get him to A-State to try. Mm. All right, so next up is just your good old ale. Not your IPA, oh. your traditional ale. So, uh, Mayor, is there anything that should be added to an ale? Like a, like a fruit or, or, or any type of flavoring? What, what's your take on that? So, what was it, last month that we did an interview and y'all tried one of my raspberry wheat ales that I brewed? Mm, good call. Mm. I like that. Raspberry. Well, <laughs> I kind of feel stupid. <laughs> Why? Because when I was thinking of the ale question, I was thinking more of like your your reds and ambers, and I'm thinking those okay. are so perfect. So why would you even want to add anything to it? And you just smack me in the face with that raspberry wheat. Which no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And that wasn't a smack in the face to you. That was just. No, I'm saying just me. That's how I feel. It's like I smack <laughs> myself in the face. Right, oh, because you forgot about it. Yeah, that was a, that was a Well, that means it wasn't good. good. That means it wasn't good if you forgot about it. Well, don't don't feel too bad because my first inclination, my first thought to ale as well was amber. And I'm thinking, what the hell adjunct is in an amber? 
No, I'm thinking, why would you put anything into an amber? But, you know... I'm sure they have, though. And I'm sure I've had it. <laughs> but in, in my little bit of defense that I have, your wheat beers, or wit beers, you know, if you're... Wit beer? I actually don't consider that... When I think of ales, I don't think of a wheat beer as an ale, even though it is. I think that's more of a its own category, like a wheat. Mm. But, um, you know... The mayor's taking the sage to school. What can I say? Yes. So I will yes, say, yes, yes. and I didn't get y'all to try it, and I'm going to next time. We were talking about earlier about my cream ale mm-hmm. that I had brewed with my neighbor, and I actually put fruity pebbles because it was a coconut cream ale. Mm. And I actually put fruity pebbles in my brew bag with my oats and brewed it at the same time. And called it Tropical Bedrock. Well, boy! <laughs> that sounds good to me. So I will tell you, the next time you do brew your uh, raspberry wheat, make sure you get the raspberries. Yes, sir. Oh! Shot. Was that? Oh, that was a gut that punch. Was, that was, that a, was a gut shot, punch. Shot straight to my nether region. That was an opining. That makes me a man. That was an opining gut shot because I tasted his homebrew and I did pick up the raspberries just fine. Well, I forgot to add the raspberries on the last on the last oh. one. So what you're saying is you inceptioned me. No. The one you tried originally was raspberry. It was the raspberry wheat oat. The one that I just brewed on Labor Day. Or I say just brewed. I brewed on Labor Day was able to bottle it my neighbor and I bottled it and I totally forgot he said did you do the raspberries and I was like oh, oh face dang. hit hand <laughs> to the face I forgot to throw the raspberries in the pot darn, darn. but it still come out pretty good this, and is, it still tastes this good. is why I can't differentiate hops because I didn't taste any different between the batches now, okay. granted, that first batch, like you said, it was already well, it was previously opened. It had the same hops. It just, one had raspberry and one didn't. Wayne, you can have a tip of the cap on me because you have a more differentiating palate than I do, apparently. No, actually, I just remember him telling me about it. I haven't tried the Labor Day batch. Oh! Wait, I, they don't, I thought we had that on our last bottle share. No? No, that is right. The one we had at the bottle share was the raspberry one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you haven't had this one. Well, I've got one if you'd like to crack one open. I did that in a second here. All right, there's one style I have left, but... Hey, I didn't give my ale. Why did I get to give my ale? Pardon me. Mr. Producer... <laughs> What say you? I, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. Steven kind of influenced me at the end there because I do like a nice cream ale. And when I think cream ale, I, I think vanilla. And vanilla typically is associated with stouts. But it can work very well with um, ales as well. But my first inclination, going back to and I'm so glad I entered second, actually, because I never would have thought of this. I did not realize that wheats were considered ales. And that's probably stupid on my part, but it's what it is. 
And when I think of a wheat ale, you guys know very well, my favorite adjunct in a wheat ale is peach. So if we're going to say favorite adjunct in an ale, I'm going to go with peach. Yeah, that reminds me, when we were at Crafty Cats, they actually have a peach wheat ale. It's very good. And it is very good. (laughs) Um, I think it's better than another peach wheat that's in the area that we will not discuss right this time. We'll zip our lips on that one, yes. But yeah, Crafty Cats. It's a soft, soft subject. <laughs> that peach wheat was was definitely yeah. uh, definitely something uh, something special. Alright. Well, there is one style left, but do I dare ask what y'all think about what you would use as an adjunct what? to a dun 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 Chase's favorite style, the Pilsner. Oh, gosh. You know, uh, Stephen, I'm going to ask you this question because I know there's probably not anything in the world that we added to a Pilsner that would actually make Chase like it. There's not too many pills in the world I've even had, at least from a craft level. Honey. Honey is a good one. Honey is a good one. You know, I would agree with you on that. You know, and there's a couple honey Pilsners that... Uh, We've recently, uh, at least myself, I've recently sampled. Um, My, for me to agree with you, I want to ask you guys a question. If you add honey to a Pilsner, is that going to make it akin to tasting a Kolsch? No. No? Okay. Because to me, the honey, especially like if you use like an orange blossom honey, that's going to give it more of a, of a heavier taste and not so much sweet. Whereas most of the Kolsch's that I, and, and Kolsch to me is, it's kind of like uh, Stephen's IPA. He can drink IPAs year round. I could drink a Kolsch year round, whether it's 100 degrees or it's 30 degrees. Well, I can too. But uh, to me, a Kolsch is more of a very light, a very, you know, most of them have like a lemon, lemony taste to it, which is more of a higher, like a like a lighter taste. Whereas the honey brings brings it down for me, more of a heavier taste. If that makes any sense. Well, it no, it does, but that's to me that's interesting because I would kind of want that effect on a pilsner. I would want it to get away from that crisp type of lager pilsner traditional classic type of beer flavor whereas something more citrus is just going to accentuate what's already there so I would kind of want it to I would kind of want the the adjunct in a pilsner to make it heavier so I, th- I think I think honey would actually make it better for me as opposed to orange, which we've tried orange pilsners in the past, it just kind of accentuates the pilsner flavor as is. And it's, I'm already not particularly a fan of that, and not because I don't like it, but because it doesn't doesn't give me any extra oomph, you know. Well, I guess I keep looking out there and see if there's a good honey pilsner out there that uh, Mr. Nutmeg may uh, approve of. Keep searching. 
it's not an, I'm telling you it's not an impossible search but it's it, it, it it's gonna take some some research to get me to say wow what is that well you know you did like that west coast lager from uh, 13 stripes so I did there that's a victory there, in your boat there, there's there's hope on the Pilsner front we just gotta keep looking victory in your boat that's not an expression not close <laughs> enough we know what you're talking about <laughs> You got a clean glass or a glass that could be... Is this your homebrew, Mayor? Uh-huh. A little, little add-on to the end of the show. This is the one that I is brewed it? on Labor Day, and my okay. neighbor and I bottled it. Okay. It's definitely not as strong. Because uh, your homebrew, to me, I thought it smelled like that Arizona raspberry type of flavor. Mm. And this doesn't have as strong an aroma as the first one I tried. We should have cheers for that. It's a very cheers. cool type of flavor. It's a very cool type of mouthfeel, I should mm -hmm. say, not flavor. Yeah, I'm actually excited to try this. With no yeah, raspberries? Yeah. Uh, I don't get you say, raspberry free or raspberry less? Well, it's just a, that at this point, it's just a wheat beer. That's very, that's a very good beer. It. It is very good, but I wouldn't associate this to a traditional wheat flavor. So to me, a wheat flavor has that kind of clovey banana type of Heffenweizen wheat, type of really? Flavor. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but I do pick up a little bit of raspberry in the taste. <laughs> Inception. And this is all literally as grains, hops. That's it. No fruit. No fruit infused on this one, because I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I definitely tasted different, so I don't know what you gave me. I've had this once, I've had this twice, and this is now three times I've had this, and the first two tasted similar, but I know the first time you ha I had it, you had already opened up the growler, and the okay, carbonation so was, was the, gone. That was the peanut butter raspberry that I had cracked open the night before. That was the peanut okay. butter raspberry wheat ale. So that must have been the difference between one and two must have been the absence of peanut, butter. peanut butter. And then leaving. this one's absence of raspberry because when we had the last time that we were at at Orchard Farms studio, studio, it was the raspberry wheat ale that we cracked open. We cracked open or. The peanut butter raspberry is the one you tried at my house. That was the very first. Right. And the peanut butter, I think, had escaped that from being opened prior yeah. to me trying it. Because you know, I tasted all raspberry in that. If you were to ever go to like a bigger scale, you could do a raspberry wheat ale, and you could call this one the absence of raspberry. I like that. That's a good name. Well, when we hit it big and we start making money from this little podcast that we're doing for fun, we will open up a brewery, and that'll be the first beer we need to brew is absence. Absence of raspberry. And I love that attitude. Not if, but when. All right. Well, you know, this has been a fun episode to do. A special thank you to the New Brew Brewing for hosting us and talking with us. 
it is always fun to shine the spotlight on breweries here in our own back or front yards. You know, we could talk about beers all day long, but we need to wrap it up. So stay up to date with the podcast. Uh, look us up on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. If you have a suggestion for a brewer or a show idea, uh, email us at upstatebeerboys at gmail.com. And with that, we hope to have you listen to our next episode. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Chris, take it away. We're just boys. We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. Upstate beer boys.